And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Thursday, March 9th, the day after the Celtics took down the Portland Trailblazers, snapping their three-game losing streak. About time they got back in the win column. Uh, but right now, before we talk about the Celtics, uh, we're playing ball this Sunday, right? We're, we're, we're balling. I believe like, so. Is that a thing? All right, well, I, will I am I, in. Will I be playing? That is to be seen. Injury are you going to go? Is questionable. You should go regardless. But I might go. It depends. I have a reputation to uphold now. This uh, is true. Uh, uh, last time, I mean, if you listen to the pod on a regular basis, you know last time I was Game 7 Grant Williams. I, I was Stephen Curry uh, making a million three-pointers. Uh, and I I am determined to continue that uh, at least a little bit, right? Like, I at least want to make a few shots because before that, I airballed everything. Like, you can attest. I could not make a shot. I don't think I, you were was... that bad. We we play with some people that are not very good. So it's My... not really – it's not not the best, like, uh, measuring stick. I'll, I'll put it this way. The shots I made were – like, they seemed lucky, though. Like, I would bank some in. I would stuff like – but, like, la- two weeks ago, the last time we played, everything was, like, swish. Everything was falling. So I, I am looking forward to attempting to uh, continue that. Uh, this Sunday, and like I said, I, I better not be the last pick in the draft again. I, I was I was heated when I was like a bottom four pick last time around. My draft stock should up. just plummet. <laughs> yeah, you got the bum knee now, Derek Rose. <laughs> yeah, oh, poor Derek Rose. Derek Rose, who Tough. has been in the league for a long time despite having knee injuries. Yeah, like he he I got mean, drafted in two thousand eight, so this is fifteen seasons. Yeah, that, that's a long time. That's pretty yeah, impressive. He brought it back. He brought it back. It's uh, it's impressive, like how he revamped his career. Like, obviously, those first few years after the knees injury, I feel like they were looked down upon more. So, like, he was still good, but he wasn't the same player, and so people like thought he was worse than he was. Mm-hmm. And then he had that one year in like Cleveland and stuff. But like, his two years in Minnesota, he averaged eighteen. He averaged eighteen in Detroit. He averaged you know fifteen a couple years ago with the the Pistons and Knicks. Uh, even last year with the Knicks, uh, 2021, 22, he didn't play much, but he shot efficiently. And so he's kind of fallen out of favor in the rotation. Now, you know, he's not great on defense. He steps slow. So he's not really playing for the Knicks, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's played well uh, ever since the injury. It's just, uh, everyone was like comparing him to the player he once was. Uh, so it, it kind of sucks, but, uh, what a, what a crazy career, career that was drafted by your hometown team, mm-hmm. win MVP youngest ever. And then you just get the mm-hmm. knee injuries. You could say very similar to me, you know, essentially drafted by my hometown. Uh, the new station in Providence intern came up, <laughs> right? Worked my way up, uh, made TV, the MVP, right? Got to do TV. Pretty cool. Super cool sure. in the morning. Then uh, essentially no longer there. And now I have knee problems. <laughs> so it's not fun. Knee problems. I. It's like. The funniest thing ever, it's like someone's playing a joke on me. Sure. So I'm good like 90% of the time. And then as soon as I want to do something like I want to do physically, it's like, no. You want to run? No. You want to play basketball? No. You got to sit Your there. Your knee hates you. It, it, it does. not like you, man. It disagrees. It's you know what I hate bad. is holding the holding doors for people. I knew, I've seen you bring this up on Twitter a lot over the past few days. Yeah. I really think we need to stop doing that. Like as a society. Because it just creates too many uncomfortable situations. You either, you're like, 
what what happened to me today was I was walking into work and there were two people somewhat behind me, like kind of close and they were having a conversation. They were closer than the standard, like I'm not holding the door. That person's too far away, but they uh-huh. weren't close enough to where I felt obligated. So I just don't do it. When it when mm-hmm. in doubt, I no longer do it. I'm not not I'm out on holding the door and don't do you it never... for me. Don't hold the door for me because <laughs> I don't want to do the jog. I don't want to have to like make conversation with you. I just want to, I, I can open the door. You can open the door. Why? Well, it doesn't have to be a conversation. Just hold the door. They say, yeah, I don't want to no do problem. the jog. I don't want to do the jog. I don't want to make somebody else do the jog. I hate the jog. You don't know. Maybe somebody you hold the door for is dealing with crippling knee pain. You don't know. Well, then, then they have well, to do they, a jog. They don't jog. I could then. set then myself back walking. weeks because I jogged for you. If I'm holding the door, I don't expect the jog. I'm just doing it to be nice. Like, right? Like, I'm just not holding the door. Well, I'm a big consideration person. When I when I'm in in peak shape and I'm running, if there is a car that's about like coming out of a side street, you go around the back of the car. There are people mm-hmm. that like try and encourage you to go in front of them instead of going around their car. Yeah, and you can't do that. You know why? Because it's easy for me to change direction. The driver cannot change direction. They have to wait for me. No, no, you just sure. go around. Make it easy on everybody else. Everybody no, plays by the rules. Things go a lot better. You know, <laughs> you start having the conflicting. You know how how far away should I hold the door for this person? What's polite? What's not? If we just kind of all decide no more door holding unless like you're taught you're with the person, then I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. The but, worst for me is exiting no. out of uh, it's a it's car thing. Exiting out of like um, when you're waiting for someone to exit out of like a parking lot or something. Like I- I'm turning left, right? I'm I'm on a very busy street and I'm turning left, and someone out yes. of the parking lot is turning, also turning left. And so, <clears throat> but there's enough space on the side of me that cars are passing me. As I'm waiting yes. to turn left, like they're speeding by, right? And so I see a gap on both sides. I wave the person to go. It was clean. It was smooth. Mm-hmm. He went. We waved. Did the wave. Whatever. Fine. The car behind that person started leaking out to try oh, to no. go. I, no, I no. got so mad. I literally, I looked at them. I said, "It's not your turn. <laughs> this is this is turns we do here." All right. I got mad at them, and like th- that's the worst for me. People that don't know how to drive. Like I understand the confusing thing of like a. Uh, you know who's the worst? Yeah. The people that stop to let somebody out. You if mean? you're dri- like if you say say you're driving down your main road and somebody's like looking to get out of a parking lot like that, mm-hmm. if you weren't turning and you stopped, you're the problem. If you stop to try and let somebody go like that, that that's problematic. You can't I do, do that, that occasionally. Oh, but that's only bad. only if there's a no one behind me and they've been waiting for a while and there are. If there's like, no one behind you, that's out. even more of a reason not well, to no, stop because there's no, no one behind you. It's a read thing, right? If I'm far enough away where they're already like inching out a little bit, I'll just slow down and say, just continue. You can slow down, but yeah, but if there's no one behind you, they should not be inching out or, or if it's like a long, you know, gap thing. Right. And there's, there's just, again, there's just far enough a gap in between me and the car behind me. And there's also like a million cars behind me. Fuck the cars behind me. I'll just let them out at this point. Oh, rat tech. I don't care. You should get a ticket for that. For what? For what? You're stopping the traffic. You're stopping the flow of traffic. It, it, if I'm close enough to where the person is pulling out, obviously I'm not going to like bring my car to a halt. But if it's like an awkward distance and I see there's hella car behind me, right? I, I will like, instead of like speeding ahead and almost like risking them, like thinking they have enough time going, I'll just like slow down a little and do the wave. It's fine. You, you should not come to a complete stop. 
Never. Sure. No, Can't no. Do I that. Don't, I, no complete Another thing, stops. big, big low-key rat move, people that use the lights to come out of side streets. You know what I'm saying? There's a main road, then there's some side streets that have the lights to get out. Kind of a rat move when you use that, and then everybody has to stop to let you out. Especially if you turn mm-hmm. right. That should be a ticket. You turn right at a stoplight like that. And we it, have it one at green. um, we have one at Stonehill College. It, it, there shouldn't be a light. The people coming out of the college have a light just for them, and everyone else has to stop to let them out. Stop. I contend that all lights like that should be yellows after or before a certain hour. When, sure, when the road's I, not I get busy, the time thing. Nobody should have to stop. It should be a read thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I can get you with the time thing. I, I can. Th- agree that's with that. bad. My, my other thing is, and this kind of is similar to the one I was talking about. When you're at like, so in my town, there's this really busy, weird intersection, right? So like, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. So there's like three stop signs, right? There's we one need a diagram. Yeah. This is like right? driver's ed to, with the fellas. I'd have to like break, oh, break, break open Microsoft paint, but like there's three. So, you know, the typical like four way intersection, right? You think of that. Yes. Okay. It's obviously not a perfect like T shape, but like think, mm. think of it as if there's only there are three with stop signs and then one has no stop sign. One gets to go. So one road mm. gets to go across. They get to go. They could go across. Kind of they strange. could bear. They could bear right. They could bear left, whatever. Right. It, let me Google earth it. Let me just. I'm very it. anti stop sign. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to have three, you might as well have the fourth. Exactly. Well, well, the issue is this one road is significantly more busy than the other. So like, I, I think it's also stupid. Now, they also changed it recently, so that one road that doesn't have stop signs now has speed bumps on the road, slowing them down. So it gives people enough time on from the other three stop signs to sort of, like, they can go through, they can go one way, they can go the other, right? So the speed bumps sort of serve their purpose. They're frustrating when you're on that one road, but, like, speed bumps in general are annoying. Out right? on but, like, speed bumps. Yeah. Gotta, get, gotta get rid of speed bumps. <laughs> yeah, so bad. anyways. Altogether bad. My issue is when I was first learning how to drive or when I was first driving, I would mess up the intersection because mm. it's it's fucking confusing, right? Like, right. why there are three stop signs? Don't I have a right away? No, you don't. And people just come speeding down that road, whatever. The bigger problem is when I'm looking to go a direction, um, my house, like to go most places in the town, I have to go to that intersection because my house is to, like towards one side of it. Um, and I will actively go different ways, like sometimes to avoid that intersection because it's annoying. Right. But in order to get one place, I have to come down one way and then turn down the busy street. The issue is when I see an opening and then two car and like one car goes, one car goes, go my turn. And then someone else leaks out behind the other car. Right. The the, the leakers worse. The, those are the worst humans. You're the worst people. I'm sorry. Right. And there's a time and a place to do it. Right. There, there is a time and a place to do it. If, if you are coming off a side street onto a main road and you have enough time. Right. And there, there's no one else coming fine you can leak out right if you have enough time to keep going in yeah. traffic that's fine right if you are turning left on a yellow and everyone else is stopping probably not legal but that that you can be a leaker there right you can follow behind the car in front of you you can leak behind if you are leaking out behind somebody at a stop sign at like a, a busy intersection or, or someone lets somebody else out and you take that as oh he'll let me out too rat worst human rat i agree d, d grade f grade awful f tier you're the worst i think we need as a society to worry less about speeding and more about etiquette like stop giving out speeding tickets more tickets. tickets for being dumb sure i agree with that and i mean this is a good segue because speaking of being dumb the celtics decided to stop they being won. dumb they stopped being dumb i know now i will contend and i have hmm. this written on the show and we can jump into it the celtics still took dumb shots 
They yeah. they still took their fair share. The difference is Jason Tatum just happened to make his dumb shots this one, right? Right. And I, I'm not going to sit here and act like they didn't play better. Of course they played better, right? Like they they looked better. They were able to hold the lead fine. Jason Tatum was still chucking the same threes he was chucking against the Knicks. And I tweeted it out. If Jason Tatum took and made the threes that he took against the Blazers, because he still took them against all the other teams, Celtics probably would have gone three and one, two and two over the, the four game stretch, whatever. Right. So it's still not ideal. But they won the game. They broke the losing streak. They were not head on the road with the win, which is, I mean, just generally good for morale. Uh, there aren't really many complaints you can have from that Blazers game. Um, uh, we have like stuff to talk about, but like out, outside of the Jason Tatum thing, taking the, the dumb shots, which again, he took them in all the other games. The big only difference between the win and the loss was he, he made them in one game, missed them in the other. Um, I mean, he it, made them when it, it was didn't a good matter. Win. Sure, sure. Up a million, he starts hitting sidestep threes. How about how about when it's close? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like it sure would have been nice to have like a couple threes going against the Knicks. We're a different game. You yeah, know? we're talking a different game. Yeah. No, for sure. Um. But yeah. Good win. I, I mean, just just a generally close, you as it. close to a wire to wire as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost at the point where I was like half rooting against him because I really wanted to see how mad people would get. <laughs> I want to see because the narrative. You know, if they <laughs> lost that game yesterday. This would be an emergency, like, sound the alarms podcast. Mm -hmm. We yeah. would be saying Tatum's washed. 25-year-old uh, Tatum, That's he's past his prime. <laughs> we would be saying Missoula out, mm. which you still might have to with some of the things he said yesterday. Interesting, oh, I have that interesting comments well. from Missoula yesterday. I have Missoula, who does not like the media. No, he does not. Not a fan. In no. Interesting take from Missoula yesterday. <laughs> Do you want to just go right to that? I mean, you're talking about. Let's talk. Joe He's Mizzoula, like dancing uh, around, like earning a tech for that one. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll play devil. I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. Let me let me read the quote first. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about shot selection or whatever, and Missoula goes. Uh, I always had a question about like when we shoot a lot of threes and miss, everyone asks me questions. But when we shoot a lot of layups and miss, nobody says anything. Just because you're closer to the basket doesn't mean it's easier to score. Now, let me let me interject. It absolutely means it's easier to score, Joe, because w, you, can, Jack. W, you Jack. can you can look at the percentages and it is objectively easier well, to you know, score. You know I know it's easier basket. to score is because I could probably do it. Now, I, I'm not known yeah. for my layup making ability. I'm more of actually a jump shooter. It's funny that I say this, but I mean, listen, you, you put me underneath there. I'm probably making an open one. Mm hmm. I agree. Now, the part I will, and I don't completely agree with it because it's still like a weird like thing to say. Like, <clears throat> the media does tend to focus on missed threes more than missed other shots, right? And, and you don't have to miss layups. Like the Celtics missed an egregious amount of layups against the Trailblazers. They did. Mal Malcolm Brogdon it was, was a challenge. Awful, right? It, it was struggling. Like, I think the big difference is like the narrative behind each of the shots, which at this point I feel like we should get away from, right? Like not to like get deep into it, but like a big reason I feel like a lot of people focus on you missed a bunch of threes is because it's still like tacky to take a bunch of threes for some reason. Like in some people's minds, like, like even you, like you don't like when the Celtics, take I don't a like when threes, they take a million threes. Right? And I feel like that's a big reason why people focus on the missed threes. Meanwhile, layups, like layups have always been a thing. That's the, that's like pref the preferred shot, which again, like, because you're fucking two feet from the basket. Of course, it's going to be easy to score. But, like, in today's game, like, people take a bunch of threes. That is just how it is, and that's because it's an analytically sound way to play. It is a, the smart way to play by the numbers, right? Can and that's very up, much what Missoula uh, likes. The top 
three point attempt, like teams that take the most threes in the league. Yeah. Warriors are number one that I know. Celtics are four. Warriors, Celtics, Mavericks, Bucks, Jazz, Pacers, Kings, Knicks. So two of those teams are really good. Warriors are like kind of not sure if they're good. Mavs are kind of bad. They're they're like on the bubble of being good. Like they can't decide if they're good either. The Warriors three. too. The Warriors and the, and the Mavs. Well, that's I what I said. The same thing. Yep. Like Dallas, three and seven in their last ten. Celtics Welcome and Kyrie. Bucks are good. Celtics and Bucks are good. Celtics and Bucks are good. Kings are ja- good. Jazz and Rest, Pacers very mid. Pretty mid. Um, I will say though, at the same time, you don't see many bad teams up there. Like there's no objectively bad teams starting to stop. And even the Knicks, I mean, are eighth. The Blazers are the first, like, all right, that team kind of stinks team. And I, I wouldn't contend that that's a result of their three point shots. Cause after watching them, I would contend it's the fact that they don't play any defense. Uh, Not a lot of defense <laughs> in that game. No <laughs> whatsoever. And now, I mean, you can look at the flip side though. Let's take a look at the teams that don't t- that take the least amount of threes. Miami Bulls. sucks. Miami actually Bulls takes suck. the 10th t- most. So they're really, they shouldn't be. Yep. <laughs> they shouldn't Bulls, be. Bulls are 30th. Terrible. Pelic- Pelicans. mid. They um, can't decide if they're good or not. <laughs> Hawks, again, can't really decide. Probably yeah, bad. can't decide. Should be good. Kind of bad. Orlando. They're, they're on the come up, but right now they're bad. Mm-hmm. Spurs. Bad. Uh, Nuggets are the first one you see on that list of least threes. Very uh, good. Yep, very good. For the standings, at least. Mm-hmm. And that's also because they make all out of the few threes that they take. Um, they are, in terms of percentage, second in the league. And so, I mean, an argument some people could say was, well, then take more. But, I mean, it's just a matter no, of, like, no, the no, 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 no. Don't take more. Um, so, like, I understand what Joe was saying. Like, this isn't analytically sound as a, <coughs> excuse me, shot. Like, if anything... People should probably ask be asking more questions when the Celtics miss a bunch of layups, in theory, at least, right? But because of how many people look down on the fact that teams take a bunch of threes nowadays, it is more of a story when they miss them because it's easier for people to say, well, if you just take less threes and take more of this, blah, 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 right? And so I think it's easier to generate a story out of something like that, which well, is why I think more people ask about it. With the threes, it's, it's a tough battle because – we we talk about this probably every podcast and we're like, are they taking good threes? There are good threes. And and it's okay to take the good ones. And now, we also acknowledge that there are bad ones. And it feels mm-hmm. like when they play poorly, they're taking more of the bad ones. Now they do miss the good ones, which is annoying because you're like, there, man, there they should have made like that. that. Like like the first Knicks game. Like they got a ton of good shots. They just missed. Like that happens everyone. That was just a really bad game. Like they it just, just sucked. Yes. Yeah. Bad. But yeah. When but you yeah. take a lot of the bad threes, that's when it becomes a problem. Yes. And and I do like, I believe it was before the game yesterday, because we talked about it on pregame. Missoula kind of acknowledged that bad, bad threes do exist. He did say so. It, yeah. So I'm kind of in on that. But I'm out on the, why don't you guys complain when we miss layups? <clears throat> well, it doesn't happen all that often. And people do complain when you miss layups. It's just on Twitter. Nobody's writing articles about it. It's, yeah, it's exactly. probably good Missoula doesn't have Twitter. If he had sure. Twitter, he'd probably be really mean to a lot of now, people. L- let me ask you this, and I, I would hope I know your answer. Would you rather a contested layup or an open three? Uh, it depends who's taking the layup. It depends, and, and and I'm not going to say it depends who's taking three. It kind of depends, like define like a contested layup. Like, what do you mean, like a contested layup, a layup where there is a body in front of you and you have to try to go around the person contesting you at the rim, or an open three? I think that's a tough slope. 
I completely disagree. Like, I think there's objectively a correct answer. If you're, if you're Jalen Brown contested at the rim versus Al Horford, that makes it really hard. Al Horford open in the corner. Well, Al Horford open the corner is really, I'd rather have him. I'm not, I'm not talking like putting Ben Simmons on the three point line. I'm talking, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying Ben Simmons, but I think it's a fluid argument. I think Jalen Brown's pretty good at finishing through contact. Like I would rather have him try and finish through contact because there's also the possibility you draw a foul. Like, I just disagree. I'd rather the open three point shot than a contested layup. I understand the value in an open three. I I don't know that that type of like discussion is really like an eye test thing, not a on paper thing. Sure, I I suppose I suppose. How much momentum does the guy with the ball driving to the hoop have? Is he just catching and finishing underneath contested? Is he kick like there? There's like a million factors in that for me, which which isn't fair to you asking the question. Like it it should be easy to say open three, but. I feel like if you have momentum on a like a stationary defender underneath well, the basket, no. I understand you what you're should, saying. Like, you should be able to have a good chance to make the layup. Like, I'd still rather you take the layup. And then if you miss, there's a good chance you get a foul call. Call, and then that puts the defense in foul trouble. Adds a team foul to the total for the quarter, gets you close to the bonus. Like, there's a lot of like unwritten things that don't come up and necessarily come up attached to that shot attempt. There, there's definitely factors that go into it. Like, is it Nick Claxton as, at the rim or is it Trey Young at the rim? Right? Like, obviously, you can go through a contested layup in the chest. Well, you see Trey Young at the rim, you got to pass. <laughs> Leave Ben Simmons alone. Uh, is Shout it like Ben Simmons? Is it, you know, a small guard closing out on you or is it like a Mikhail Bridges, you know, a uh, bigger guy closing out on the three point line? Right. There, there are factors, but like at its core, like, I still feel like there's too much of a cliche around three point shots, right? Like, which is crazy because we live in an era of three point shots. And I'm not like even necessarily saying you, but like even you sitting here saying like, I hate when they take a lot of threes. And I know the extra context is like when it's bad threes, but like you see a lot of people in general just say, Oh, like there's too many threes, right? Too many threes. Like, too, like even I, <clears throat> I remember in the bubble two years ago, I was, uh, can't remember the exact context, but I was watching the game with my stepdad uh, and it was Daniel Tice on the floor, right? It was that era of Celtics. I think they were playing the Raptors. It was the playoffs. Um, and Daniel Tice was down low. I assume like Marcus Hall or Serge Ibaka or somebody was guarding him. Uh, instead of putting it up, and maybe it was like one of those things where he had a split second. He, maybe he could have gone up. He kicked it out. And, you know, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or whoever was on the team missed a three. And, and at this point, like the Celtics were losing. I think it was like it was one of the games that they lost. And we got in a huge argument and did not watch the rest of the series together because I was like, it's an, it's a three. What do you mean? Like what was wrong with it? Daniel Tice is like, it's not like he he's, he's Joel Embiid in the paint. Right. And it, it's a decent shooter. Like, but the, him growing up watching basketball, you know, um, was like, like, what are you doing? You can't kick out a chance at a layup. So I, I, I think there's like it's so much nuance. Slope. Sure. Like, I, and I, I think there's just so much nuance in it. Like, I understand what Joe Missoula was asking. Is it objectively true that a layup is easier than a three? Yes. <laughs> but like with how skilled players are nowadays, like, I mean, it, it's the perfect example. And it's like too good of an example almost because Steph Curry, Steph Curry, but like a, a fucking a three is a layup for Steph Curry at times. Right. Like, because that's just how much well, it kind of like, depends on the player. And I mean, it, Al Horford being open in the corner is a pretty good shot. And as, as weird as this sounds, and you can disagree with it, I'm just like telling you how it is. Kids probably practice more threes than layups nowadays. Yeah, right? I do. And, and exactly. And a, and a part of that is, and you can complain about it, whatever. Part of that is because of how the league is. Like, 
if a kid with legitimate like chance and dreams of getting into the NBA wants a chance, the best way to do that is either be a great defender or be a great three-point shooter, or even better, if you can do both those things, you have a spot in the NBA, right? And and the difference is, however, great defenders who can't shoot don't really have a space in the league unless they are an elite defender, like a Ben Simmons really tall. for the years. Sure, or really tall, or like, you know, a Rudy Gobert. And I know I just picked two players that people don't like very much, <laughs> but like, you get the point. Meanwhile, you don't have to be elite at anything else if you can shoot the ball. Sam Hauser. Right, Duncan Robinson for his stretch in Miami. Right, and obviously, if you stop shooting the ball well, well you're Duncan you're Robinson useless. is such a great example because he literally gives you nothing else, so he's just not playing and getting paid a bunch of money. Exactly, but like three point shots and three point shooting is so valuable in the league today, and it's like I like I said, I understand what Joe is saying. Like, if anything, it should be a bigger story when the Celtics miss a ton of layups and a ton of threes. But like at the same time, like their offense relies so heavily on three point shots that like. Of course, it's going to be a story when they miss a bunch of threes. Because the Celtics, that by the way, the do miss a ton of layups. Plan. Like just in general, yeah. not just yesterday. I, I I tweeted about it. Malcolm Brogdon gets the has had the third most uh, restricted area attempts, shot attempts on the team, and he shoots the worst out of everybody. Not yeah, the, well, I mean, it's good he gets there. <laughs> maybe, maybe just have him practice laps instead of threes. Sure, sure. Because Brogdon uh, shoots also, like really good from three. Like, does he really need to practice it? Maybe he needs to make layups. <laughs> Yeah. Make them do the mic and drill, all of them. Um, and spe- and I, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying like all the threes the Celtics get are good. They're obviously not. Celtics take the second most tightly contested threes, which means a defender within two to four feet of them. Yeah, those uh, are the ones people are team. saying, Joe, what the hell? Why is your team mm-hmm. taking these shots? And he's like, What do you mean? Yeah, and um, they take six of those per game. Shoot thirty one percent of them. Not good. Warriors take more. Um. The Sixers are shooting 36% on those licks, which is a bit egregious. Um, but at the same time, wide open threes. Celtics take the fifth most. 19.5, shoot 41% on wide open threes, which is like top five in the league, right? So like when they're getting their threes, and as far as open threes, four to six feet, uh, third most, 16.6, shoot 36%, which, I mean, doesn't sound great. Again, top seven, top eight in the league. Like they're a good three-point shooting team when they're, when they're taking the threes they take in general, but they're an elite three-point shooting team when they take the correct threes. And I think that's the biggest issue we've seen, especially over this three-game losing streak. And to get even deeper into it, I don't have a problem with Jason Tatum taking the occasional pull-up three, right? Like, you don't love the shot, but, like, if it's in the second quarter, right, It, it like, whatever the score is, Celtics up five, even Celtics down five, whatever, like, so one possession, an isolated possession, he's good enough of a player where he deserves to take those type of shots every once in a while. The issue comes when it's five minutes left in the game. You know, I'll use the exact example that happened. The Knicks already made a run. You have a chance to get back into the game that you shouldn't have lost in the first place uh, in overtime now. And Jason Tatum's entire shot profile is above the break threes. That's all he does, right? Like no mid range like de- mixed in. No, it's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I know it's more like there still is a place in the league for the mid range, by the way, I know why, because it keeps the defense guessing. It makes it so they can't overcommit to either thing. Like you said, what's better an open three or a contested layup. You can't commit to guarding either of those things as much. If somebody you're guarding has a mid range game. Well, you can. And I mean, I'll use this as an example. Like, 
I was listening to JJ Reddick's pod with Paul George. I don't know if you listened to it. It's good. I have not. Um, not <clears throat> excuse me. And JJ was talking about the early 2010 Pacers and how they were the first team to really play like drop coverage. So like they dropped Roy Hibbert back. He had sit in the paint uh, and they would just sort of give up that middle range area and have defenders behind, like going over the screen, chasing and like rear contest. And the way Paul George talked about it was like, it's a really awkward position to be in when you're coming off that screen. And like, you're not necessarily in the position where you can just pull up and shoot. Cause you have somebody behind you, but you also can't go in for a layup because someone's in the paint guarding it. So you, you end up having this like weird leaner, or this weird, like moving floater. And like some players have gotten really good at that shot. Like Emilio quickly, for example, filthy right he made a million of those against the celtics um but like with the shots players are practicing they're practicing threes they're practicing layups and like there are good mid-range shooters i mean demar Derozan, he makes a living off me jalen brown's an elite mid-range shooter you exactly but like it's not only not a good shot in the sense of like analytics but it's also like i feel like a harder shot than people realize and th- this isn't me like completely knocking like i agree there is a place for it However, like I'll bring you to the Blazers game. I don't know if you remember this possession. First or second quarter, Al Horford got the ball uh, on like in the mid range. First area, play of the right? game in front of the elbow was this right? Uh, and he like hesitated. He didn't take it. And I, I mean, oh, he made the first play of the game. He pulled up. No, no, no. He he was he was mid range and he he like hesitated. Right. He was okay. like. He was like, look for a three-point person to kick it out to. It wasn't there, and he was open for a second, and you'll be proud of me. I was like, just shoot the ball, Al, right? Like, because you're, if you're open for mid-range, like, nobody around you, no rear contest, no nothing yeah. coming into, like, shoot it. You're fine. Whatever. That's like, it's, I agree. It's a fun shot. Players can make those shots. But he hesitated. He passed it out. He got it back again, and then he shot it, and he missed. <laughs> right? And so I, I, do, <laughs> I do think there's, like, a sort of hesitancy to take the mid-range shot because, like, as much as you want to say, oh, it's easier, like, I would argue most players have an easier time making threes because that's what they practice nowadays. Right. And I, I think there's a place for it in the sense of like Jalen Brown backing down to his spot, getting to the elbow. That is money because it's his spot because he knows he can drill that. Right. I'm fine with those shots because he's an elite player. If Marcus smart or like Al Horford were to like Marcus smarts, excellent from the mid range. Get into the well, like he, he's excellent at like the little floaters, right? He's excellent in the post. He's excellent posting up a guy, do a little turner thing. If one of them were to like get past their guy and just like take a mid-range pull-up off a screen, like, like I think that I, makes you harder to guard in the pick problem. and roll. That's part of a good pick and roll ball handler's game is pulling up off the pick. I would rather see them drive to the rim and either a get uh what we just talked about, like yeah, test LA up, try to try to draw the foul. And if you do that and you're a good enough player and you've established yourself as, you know, a good driver, someone's going to help off and then you can kick the ball and you can create offense of that. Like, I, I, I understand the mid-range in the right spot. Like I said, Jalen Brown, guys who, who get the mid-range. And I absolutely think Jason Tatum yeah. can stand to take more. I, I wish he would do that more because those are easier shots to create for yourself. If exactly. you're falling off your, your off foot, it's easier to do that for mid-range where you don't have as much power on the mm-hmm. shot compared to a three-pointer where you're already far enough away. You really don't need to make it more difficult. That's why they give you an extra point for being that far away. Uh, uh, yes. And like for stars that have established themselves that have, you know, are able to take mid-range shots like that. I, I get it. But like, I, I don't think like teams in general should be taking more mid-range shots. Like I, I can't back you there. Like I, 
I can understand. I like, think there's. I don't think they should run plays for it, but there's definitely a place for it. Like even if Jason Tatum takes more mid range shots, that's more mid range shots. Sure. No, no, no. And I'll back you there. And I, like I said, I think the stars and I think the players like like that. Like if it's them getting to their spots, or even if like someone chases them off the three point line, like them taking a step in, I'm fine with that. But like. Like, like uh, a Sam Hauser mid-range shot has no value to me, right? Like, like no. I can agree with that. So I, I think there's a place for it. I just think it like, I don't think like I'm ready to say in general, take more mid-ranges. I think there's, there's context. Just like, I think there needs to be context for what threes you're taking, right? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. Tatum should be taking, you know, pull-ups or sidesteps. All, like a the threes times, you like, shouldn't but... take should be your mid-range shots. That That's how I sure feel. Sure. We, we can come to a balance. Cause there's no real place for a catch and shoot mid-range when you're no. open. There is a place for a created tough fall away from the mid range because it's quite literally an easier shot than a fall away three. It's the same shot, just closer. Just like a layup yeah. is tough if there's a defender there, but it's easier because you're close. Same story. The catch and shoot shots should come from three. That That's where yeah. I think the confusion lies in today's league. You just don't see enough guys trying to create for themselves in the mid range. Instead, they might force something inside or panic and kick out too early and then get really nothing out of it. I think, I think I having also, that mid range as a weapon keeps the defense guessing more. Mm-hmm. I will also say something Joe Mazzulla said a lot earlier in the year was like, take the first open look you get because you don't know if you'll get another one. Like if you're open, take the shot. And I think people get out of it because there's like, there's an argument of don't take a good shot, fight for a great shot. And I think there's a balance because I, I do agree with that in some sense, but at the same time, like, I remember there was a play in the Blazers game where Derek White got it on the wing and he had a relatively open three and he hesitated and he didn't yep. take it. And then by the time he, you remember this, by the time he, he closed the, like, the defender closed out Derek White drive and he, he's good at driving to the paint, but like nothing else became available on the play. And it kind of just yep. da- da- does, you know, divulge into something bad, like take those shots. Right. Like, like I feel like some people get frustrated, like when the Celtics take the first three they get, but like, if it's an open three, there is no guarantee you're going to get another one in that possession. Like you, you, like the Celtics are a good enough three point shooting team where they should pull up with no hesitation and they should take those shots because that's the perfect example. You don't know if you're going to get another shot as good as that one. And if it's like, you know, early in the shot clock, Jason Tatum sidestep with 16 seconds on the clock. Those are the issues of of the early threes that we're, we're talking about. Right. But like, an open catch and shoot look. I don't care if it's 20 seconds left, take the shot, right? Like, cause that, that is good luck. And then there's also the argument of you're going to get more possessions if you take this shot sooner, right? The issue lies is when the early in the shot clock shots are objectively, you know, like bad looks, they don't come within the flow of the yes. office. But like, like Derek white open from behind the three point line, catch and shoot. Don't care when it is in the shot clock, take the shot. I think you should avoid early in the shot clock unless it's like that, because it doesn't make the defense work. And especially when you're up big, I'm not saying when you're up big, you should milk the clock as much as you can when, cause when they do that, it's poor, but you just shouldn't purposely take shots because you feel like you have a cushion. If that makes sense, because if you're, yeah. if you're sitting on a lead, just use the Nets game for an example, that avalanche started with them chucking three straight threes early in the shot clock. Nets didn't have to defend and they had a little bit more energy to get out and run in transition. They got too comfortable, and I knew I said this on the show, uh, the podcast. Yes. I knew they, I knew they were too comfortable with Jalen Brown through uh, alley oop off the backboard to Robert Williams, <laughs> which had no chance of working. By the way, the defenders were way too close for him to try it. Um, yeah, but no, yeah, uh, I agree. I, I agree. I think I think there's a, there, like it's just such a fine line. That's why we do this yeah. and don't coach basketball. 
Exactly. You know, <laughs> we, we just sit here and complain about what happens and, well, out there. I, I want to say this too about like making the defense work. I, I understand it. Like wanting to make them work, but at the same time you get down the court, you get a catch and shoot open three. And that's you fine. Just be, you beat that's fine. That spot. That's fine. Exactly. And I'm just, I'm just like, like giving the adverse effect. Like you make that shot defense, like deflates, like the, the other, like, Oh shoot, we didn't get back quick enough. And I feel like that's what happened a lot to the Celtics, right. In these last few games, like they would either like, it even happened on made shots, which is a bigger issue, but like Celtics would miss a three. They'd miss a layup. They do something. The other team gets out in transition and they hit the shot. They beat the Celtics, right. They beat them out there. The Celtics kind of go, oh, man, we messed that up. And then sometimes it was Jason Tatum saying, all right, I got to get it back. I got to get it back. And then it's like, it creates a bad cycle, but like, if you're the Celtics looking to shoot open threes and people can complain about the three as well, they want like Celtics are at the best when they play fast, you get out there, you get a, you get a good shot answer transition, Even if it is, you know, 20 seconds left in the shot clock could open three catch and shoot behind the line. You hit that shot. You can get back on defense, right? You can get back on defense, whatever. And even if you don't get back on defense, you already guys are already back there. And this isn't me like arguing for the Celtics to chuck the ball off the floor and take open threes all the time. I'm just saying like, I don't have a problem with the three early in the shot clock if it is coming the right way, which is like, I, I think there's like, there's something to it, which is fine. I think if you are on the wrong end of a run and you're trying to stop the bleeding, slow it down. Yeah. In that case, you cannot course. take early threes. You can't do it because well, it's a home run play. And when it goes wrong, it like almost cements that you're going to like see an avalanche. Even in that situation, say Al Horford was like, ahead of the play, gets in the corner, open three. I, I don't care. Take the shot. That is objectively a good shot no matter what it is. I'm fine with it. Because like I said, if you slow it down, right? Like, I, I think there's an equally adverse effect to that too. Like, if you slow it down, El Horford passes up on that shot, and then the defense clamps up that possession, they're hyped up again, and it deflates you, right? I, I just, I don't like it. Not not on the wrong end of a run. I get, I get like Horford's open or whatever. You just, just don't well, try and create that shot. Wait, wait to create it. I'm going to argue against you. I can't remember if any of them exactly came on the fast break, but like Philly was, you know, beaten up on the Celtics. Al Horford gets open. Siri, please. Uh, Al, Al Horford gets open. You know, I, again, I can't remember if it was in transition. I'd like to go back and look, but hits a three. Boom. Sixers deflated happens again. Boom. Sixers deflated. like that is, how it's a bit Celtics different when you're run. behind, but when you're up, when you're trying to protect the lead, I think it's a bad idea. Behind's a little different. You're a little bit more desperate. I, more more becomes acceptable. I am okay, and I, I think this is just where we differ. Like, I understand there is some sort of timing aspect to it, and I understand the idea of slowing things down, halting a run, but, like, a good shot is a good shot, I think. And that that's the way I see it. Now, Horford, corner three. I don't care when in the shot clock it takes. If Al Horford is open in the corner, I'm talking wide open, unless there is Robert Williams – <laughs> excuse me, like, unless the entire, I'll use the Blazers because they played them, unless all five Blazers taking a nap in the half court and Robert Williams is under the hoop, that is the only situation when Al Horford shouldn't take an open three because I will admit an open layup is better than an open three because that's just math, right? That's just math, right? Like yeah. I, 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 The math guy here, obviously, right? So if Robert Williams is wide open under the hoop, nobody within my, like, you know, use him, Nurkic is falling asleep, whatever. Pass that ball up, give it to Rob, take the shot. Or, I mean, I Joe Mazzulla could say, well, I mean, Rob's there for the rebound. If I misses, no. That's a step too far for me. <laughs> but other than that, like, I don't care when in the shot clock or what situation. If Al Horford is wide open, again, like, whoever it is guarding him, Josh Hart, whatever, taking a nap, he's open, take the shot. Just take the shot. So that's my thing. 
which is like hmm. it's tough. <clears throat> Anyways, um, we got to talk about Grant. Grant, talk, Mr. Grant Williams. Grant injured, arm hurt. Uh, injured, yes, arm hurt. up but, hook uh... shots at practice from the <clears throat> like nobody's business. <clears throat> Did you see yeah. that? No, I didn't. But con- convenient that the news came out the day after the free throws. Grant local. four four from three. Fine, misses two free throws, injured. And <laughs> I do like we speculated about it a lot beforehand. So like it wouldn't like I bet he actually is dealing with something. It was just a little too con- like he is actively like dealing with some sort of injury. It was just a little too convenient the timing. Like bring it out kind of like funny. We, yeah, <laughs> I agree because it was an anonymous source, which is like Grant. We know you're the anonymous source. Come on, um, but. Grant Williams doesn't get in the game at all against the Blazers. Comes in in the fourth quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, dude is chucking. Does not make <laughs> a lot of shots. He does not. But I, I, I said this to um, who was I talking to? Uh, I think Cam Tabatabai and uh, Jam Packard. Uh, I'd rather him do that than the pump fakes and the hesitance. I'd rather, say, especially in a situation well, that's like what that, where against like, Cleveland too. Exactly, Just gives himself less time to think. Is exactly, and especially in a situation like that where it's like, like the game is won. You know, you like, you know, you're Jack you're and good. I just spent twenty minutes talking about uh, rushing threes, and we're both <laughs> in agreement that it's fine for Grant to chuck threes like that when well, they're up late in the game, up twenty with ten minutes left. Like, come on, like it, like, it is a funny conversation. The, the um, context is different, but. You know, just, my point just is, black and white. What we just talked about. It's so funny that like we're like, yeah, it's cool. Like he should. Well, it's not like any of them were confidence back. It's not like any of them were like terrible shots. Like he wasn't hezzy, hezzy, dribble, dribble. Like they were yeah. catch and shoot threes. He was just like shooting with confidence. And like I said, like I'd rather that than the hesitance. And I, I think it's funny because like I didn't see this on Twitter, but I bet it was somewhere like people are probably complaining that he's shooting so much. But then also those same people are complaining when he doesn't shoot. Right. Like people are just going to be mad. to Can't be mad. win. Um, no, but shot two of seven from three in 12 minutes. <laughs> How about the man, uh, turning down 50 million? Yeah. Tough. Four years. Very tough. Mil. Is well, he getting that now? I think he'll probably get around that four years, 50 million. I think, I, well, cause he's got a big I, month ahead. That's what I say. The, the way we said it this summer, like I thought he was a $15 million player, 15 to 18, I think was probably around where we're looking at. And so like, for him to turn down, what would that be like? 12 mil, 13 mil? Like, yeah, about that. That's at least it's like, I understand it. And I think there's also important to add context. Like the, the way it was described, it wasn't the way I read it. At least it wasn't Grant saying no, because he didn't think it was enough money. He was saying no, because they were fighting over the guarantees in the contract. So it sounds like Grant was willing to accept a deal around the four years, 50 to 55 mil. Like, cause it said early, I think it was like low fifties, whatever. So it sounded like he was willing to accept a deal like that, but there was probably something in like the Celtics were like saying this X amount was guaranteed. If you do this and Grant was like, no, I want a little more money guaranteed in the contract that this Uh, I'm taking, I guess. And so, like that—that that is what like. Who, who tweeted? It is Jared, funny right? though. This is like one of those all-time collapses. It's like when Shooter turned down the extension. This is or not the same thing. <laughs> this is getting not there. even. It's getting it there. There's no the time thing. left. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Because that, well, Twitter says it is. Well, it's just objectively not because Grayland is under bird rights, so they can pay him to, like anything, no matter what. The reason Schroeder didn't get that sort of money is because the money in free agency dried up and they didn't have his bird rights. He was just unrestricted. 
so it's, it could it's end just, up in a very similar <coughs> grant doesn't make as much money grant williams is not going to make less than 10 million dollars in his next contract i i don't think he'll make less than 12 i i think he's got a big month in playoffs ahead i don't i don't care if he like I, i'm not saying it's definitely going to be with the celtics anymore but like he's not going to make less than 12 in his next contract i'm telling you that it's like, fair it, guess Some I, I think team will throw money at him <laughs> If I had to make a, a guess right now, I'd guess he makes something along the lines of, oh, what, like four years, 56 million, right? So it'd be like, you know, 12 in the first year, 13 and a half, 15, and then 16, something like that, right? Like in, in inclining, is that the right word? Inclining. Yes. I was about to say decline. Increasing. Inclining, increasing contract through four years. Um, and, like I said, I'm trying to find who was it that tweeted about the the Great Williams contract thing. Uh, the Athletic, probably Weiss. I want to find it because because I feel like the wording is getting taken out of context. Because it's like the Grant defense. Let's go, Jack loading up Twitter to to come to the aid of Batman. It is being taken out of context and I can't find it, but it, it, the way it read was like they were, they were debating over guarantees. Like he wasn't declining that number of money, which is what people are going to like make it out as like, that's what I saw guaranteed money. Not, not that I read it as that. That's literally what was put out there for me to read. Did you do it for heavy? It. Someone must've did it for it. heavy. Maybe someone did it for heavy. Let me look. Someone must've that's, that's like a money mm-hmm. should have did it. Oh man. It it's just funny like all this is coming out right now. Like this is like a downward spiral for Grant. February bad month, March not starting off great mm-hmm. for him. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean you have to root for him. Like I don't think I think it's annoying when Grant complains, but besides that, like I think he's like pretty like average, likable, like doesn't really upset me or anything. You know, he's Yeah, fine. all the Celtics like there's an article that came out today that said Celtics are rallying around Grant. Uh I know Bobby asked um not in the sense that like he's a pity party, but like Bobby. That's asked what it sounds like, and it's so fun. Like I don't know, Grant's just like such a funny character. Like when stuff goes wrong for him, and like people start crapping on him, it's kind of funny. Even Bobby said like Bobby asked Blake about it. Bobby was asking all the guys. I think Bobby wrote about it. He was asking like everyone yeah. at the pressers, and like Derek White was like, "We love Grant. Like he's awesome. Like he's ultimate. Like always confident." Al said the same thing, and Blake Griffin, I, I think, summed it up well. Uh, he said, "Come on, man." Uh, It'll pass. He's too important to our team. We're going to need him in the playoffs in a big way, which is like true. true. Very true. Like they do definitely need him. <clears throat> I did find it. Jared Weiss who did it. When the season began, Grant Williams had turned down an extension offer and was flexing his newfound ability to attack closeouts with creativity. Uh, he was in the best groove of his career, looking like a flush market was waiting for him for agency. Big things have gone south since. Coincidentally, timed with a report from Williams seeking up to $20 million annually per Mark Stein. Um <clears throat> Williams representatives and the team discussed an extension before the season that could have reached the low $50 million range over four seasons, but could not agree on the guarantee structure. So like people just left out the guarantee structure part and focused on the other parts because it's like you said, it's fun to clown. Grant. What is like, funny? <laughs> like he was flexing his, his ability to drive closeouts and now, now he doesn't know what to do. It's N- funny. Now, now he gets the ball and he's like, do yeah. I, do I do my cool trick now? Or do I just shoot? It's funny in hindsight, but like that is a valuable thing to have. Like at the start of the season, we, we were, were pumped. I, I that was the first <laughs> thing I noticed. I was like, "Oh my god, Grant's driving closeouts!" Mm-hmm. And it's it's all fun and games until he's like, "I don't know if I should do this right now or not." Yep. 
like he's, he's, he's still trying to learn how to how to utilize it trying to find the balance yeah yeah i i think he'll turn it around i think he's fine i think I'm these last two games him. i just as I do much think as it's funny it's just yeah, funny as as much as he was chucking in the blazers game i do think like you're starting to see the confidence come back and i'm t- saying in the playoffs i think i genuinely think he'll revert back to the i catch the three i'm shooting the three and i mm-hmm. think that's what the celtics need from him uh plus he's a good defender so you need that too um and he had the big and one against the blazers uh Jam Packard, who sits uh, with us at games, was saying, I really wanted um, Gray Williams to go to the line for two free throws. And then, like, if he made it, I just wanted the crowd to be, like, cheer as loud as they possibly could if he made a free throw. Yeah. Yeah. Gray was getting some booze at TD Garden. Yeah, I was going to say, if he got two free throws, they probably would have booed him. (laughs) They did boo him. When I tweeted about it, they did a segment. Really, everyone picked their favorite foods or whatever. Sam Hauser got booed for yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. well done steak. When Grant popped up, you heard a faint like boo, <laughs> and it just like when he came up on the screen before he oh, said anything. Tough. <laughs> Which uh, did anyone uh, ask him? Did he, he definitely didn't have a podium game. He didn't. No, he didn't. I, I would like to hear his thoughts on that. I know, yeah, I know. The quote well, came out from him talking to Weiss that was like, "If I was happy right now, people would say I didn't like basketball or care about basketball." Whatever he said, mm-hmm. and it's fair, like. Yeah, we would say that. We'd be like, why the hell is this guy happy? He just sold the game or whatever we would say. Yeah. It's what, it's what we do. But I don't know. The the Grant, like, just, like, down on his luck arc is really funny. Man, I, I'm not enjoying as much as you. <laughs> I um, mean, it's only funny because, like, I think he's going to get out of it. And it's just, like, a funny arc. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really, like, does he have an importance to the Celtics? Yes. Is he that important to where it should hint, keep them from winning games? No. So it's like we can all like laugh at it. But like when Tatum's bad, it's like I hate this guy and he sucks. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, I know what you said. Last thing before we do our bracket for the pod. Mm. Uh, Derek White was so good against the Blazers. Uh, it, <clears throat> he got more minutes than Marcus Smart. And I think, I think a part of that was that Marcus Smart was hurt. I don't know if you saw it, but I, it looked like there's something wrong with Marcus. Like, like he got hurt early in the Some, game or something. It like. looked like someone was wrong. He traveled because he couldn't walk. Yeah. Did anyone <laughs> so, ask about that? No, no. Nobody asked about that. What are you guys all there for? I, <laughs> that would have been my first question in the post game. Instead, Missoula is like complaining that people are not complaining about layups. Maybe what someone was going on with I, smart. If the someone, guy could barely walk. If someone did, I missed it. Um, but I, I, I mean, Derek White though is the point. Stepped up in a big way. He was really good. Um, adding to the fuel to the fire of like Derek White should probably be closing games, right? Like, and even when Smart's healthy, you know I love Smart. You know I love him. I think it should just be a subjective thing. It depends on the day. Exactly. I don't. You think have enough it, guys where you can be flexible. As much as at the start of the year, I feel like it was Smart, Tatum, Brown are always going to close games. I, I think it needs to now be Jalen and Jason are going to close the games. If white is hot, he plays as smart as hot. Like white's been, he's just been that good. That's not a knock on Marcus. He has Marcus been. Has well, been great, smart's like, taking a little bit of a step back, which sucks. Like that's my guy. Like I hate seeing him like struggle or, or not be as effective as he might have been last year or earlier in the season. You know, whatever he's, he must be dealing with something. I mean, the guy could walk. Yeah. No, he literally I he traveled t- and turned the ball over because he couldn't stand up. I think he tweaked something early in the game. I saw it. But I hope yeah. he's okay. Marcus Smart also. Maybe uh, I'll tweet pra- him. <laughs> in practice today, uh, referencing the um, Fred Van Fleet thing, saying I'll let him talk. I, I need to pull that up. That That is – that 
might be my favorite video in a long time. Fred Van Fleet. I just thought uh, it was like kind of funny. It's so good. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna play it with sound right now. Let me. Well, there goes our monetization. Yeah, yeah. Can good you hear job. this? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I'll take it fine. You hear um, this? Def- um, yeah, I can hear it. Okay, let's let's um, just listen to Fred in the Van third Fleet. Quarter there. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take it fine. I don't really care. I thought you know, um, Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. Um, <laughs> it's not very nice. On most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just fuck the game up. You know, and it's, it's it's been like that a couple couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. Uh-huh. Come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bullshit tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They're trying hard. And then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and um, <laughs> just kind of fucks the game up. Nobody's coming to see that shit. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was and um it's been disappointing this season um you can look up most of my texts this year have been with ben taylor officiating which is true at a certain point as a player you feel yeah it's personal and um it's never a good place to be that's not why we lost tonight we got outplayed Um, i like that he said that it definitely makes it tougher to overcome you know what would be really great is if uh they put his next game with ben taylor as the ref on national tv Oh, it'd be great. Yeah, because it's like some of these guys love the time. They do love Josh Tiven, not very good looking, likes being on camera. Don't know why. <laughs> if I was him, might wear a bag on my face. But lo- they they some of them really do love the spotlight. So why not? Why not? And you can you can even like do a graphic with like Van Vliet on one side and uh Ben Taylor on the other side. That that would be kind of fire. Did you look Tail up the, the text tape? though? You said that no, it was a I, thing like Oh, Someone I know did. it's a thing. He he had, like four of them have been in games where that guy's been the ref. Oh man. I think that eight. that was just an all-time line to me. Like I, I died laughing when I heard it. It's like I think uh Well, that was the first thing I saw today because you sent it to me. And I woke up this great. morning and like looked at it. I was like, what I the said Freddie Fire. But the first the opening line was just like so so good. Uh, ben Taylor is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Anyways, uh, I just wanted to shed light on that because I thought it was hilarious. Uh, we talked a lot of Celtics today. I thought we had a really good conversation. I, I was very like in the moment, like you ever have like an out of body experience? Like it wasn't exactly like that, but like, like li- I was like listening to what I, we were talking about back. And I was like, like you Jack had just- an out of body experience talking threes versus layups. This well, no, is but like, sports. Like hearing it back. Like I was like, Oh, we usually talk a lot of shit on this podcast. That was actually like a, a pretty like intelligent conversation. We had. <laughs> uh, anyways, we have speaking another bracket. Of sheer intelligence. It is March. I thought you were gonna say speaking of shit. I thought you were gonna pull up with like a <laughs> some a weird bracket. I was confused where you're going with that. But uh hit me. It's bracket coming. of the day. Hold on. Sam's internet it takes is, a while to is... share the screen. Today's bracket. Jack does not watch a lot of TV, but the TV he does watch, he likes the office. We are doing yeah! the office bracket. It oh, has a bunch great. of different characters from the show. You know what? I'm gonna That's shuffle great. the seating. Actually, no, I'm not, because there's a matchup on here in the first round that's kind of funny. So I'm going to keep it. It is funny. Zo- my girlfriend, Zoe, loves The Office. Huge fan. I'm trying to think. Do I still have? I got for Christmas. I think I showed it off on here. I got a, um. what's it called? Advent calendar. You, you know Funko yes. Pops? Yes. Like the, the little characters? There were mini Funko Pops of The Office, and I got one every day for a month. Very That's cool. right. I got that from Zoe's mom. Anyways, 
Uh yes, office bracket. Let's office let's do this. bracket. First round matchup. This is a tough one, not really, mm-hmm. but it's a tough matchup. You know, this is this is truly a one versus somewhat of a sixteen. You have Michael versus Jane. Yeah, like it's not close. Come on, like uh, this is a disrespectful conversation to Michael Scott. Put him through. Put him through. Where the hell's my mouse? There it is. <laughs> Sam's struggling. Michael is through. There you go. Now oh. you have, you have Tony oh. versus Ryan, which is actually kind of funny. What I feel like it's obligatory up. to bounce Toby in the first round. You have to, but like, yeah, you, you got to bounce. What a shitty matchup. Next Everybody matchup, knows you hate Toby. Yeah, next matchup's also kind of garbage. Looking ahead, but it's got to be Ryan here. You, you can't have Toby win anything. Now well, you have I mean, Angela versus Meredith. I, uh, uh, I would go with Angela just because there's more like story. Like, like, like Meredith's fine for what it is, but like. The story with Angela. I'll go Angela. I know okay. it's like another like meh, matchup, but now you have Oscar versus Holly. Ooh, this is tough because I feel like obviously like people like Holly because of like how everything went. You know, spoiler alert. But if you haven't watched The Office, your own well, fault. Actually, she ruins the show. <clears throat> what do you mean? If you really oh, want yeah. to put it in perspective, because she <laughs> takes Michael off the show. True. Uh, I like Oscar though. I think it's funny. I I, I, I think Oscar, Oscar is involved in more funny storylines. Mm-hmm. underrated character honestly yeah i i kind of agree i'll, I'll go oscar. oscar you're in on oscar back. yeah yeah oscar back it all right what's next all right now this was the one i kind of thought was funny <laughs> because you have phyllis <laughs> versus bob vance vance refrigeration in the first round all right hear me out is it egregious of me to want to pick bob vance of no i was gonna say here. pick bob vance because <laughs> i think bob vance is actually like really funny I think that's one of the best running jokes in the show is the Bob Vance Vance refrigeration. Bob Vance Vance refrigeration. It's got. Yeah. Yeah. Even they get married and they, they say Bob Vance Vance refrigeration at the altar. Is she Phyllis Vance of Vance refrigeration? I I think that was a funnier joke. Okay. Good. Good. Anyways. Okay. Oh, this is, this is, uh, I don't know. I feel like Stanley versus Moe's. I think Mm -hmm. Stanley's a powerhouse. Stanley's one of my favorite characters from the office. Yes, I agree. I'll put it this way. You have to go Stanley, but I'm upset Moses is a first round exit because Moses is funny. Mo- Moses is like kind of funny, but like he's like funny in a dumb way. Moses is like the 2021 Atlanta Hawks. Like it's fun to watch it, but you know, this like doesn't really mean much. And Stanley's very relatable character. Yeah, it's got to be Stanley. Easy for pretzel day at the very least. And now you have Aaron versus uh, David Wallace. Oh, what? This is weird. This this uh, is a this is a true eight nine. It's like yeah, because neither are like great, but neither are also like awful. Like, I I'd probably go Aaron, just because like I feel like there's more in depth story. Like like Wallace it's is true. fine, but like I, I'd probably go with Aaron. Okay, I I can live with that. Now you have Andy versus Todd Packer. It's Andy. Todd Packer's funny for what he does. It's it's Andy. Andy's yeah. I, love Andy. I actually think Todd Packer's like more annoying than funny. Yeah. I, no, so I, I agree. It's I, like, I agree with that. I, I think Andy. what makes like the office, like the jokes in the office are great, but like mm. Todd Packer is like throwing them in your face too much. If that makes sense. Like it's just yeah. like, they're not funny at that point. Like, just come on. I agree. I agree with that. Okay. They're, they're like two like dumbed down jokes. Perfect. Now, now you're back to Michael Scott versus Ryan. Again, these brackets operate in a very strange way. 
You've got you got to go, Michael. Michael is just a, a unit. Oh yeah, yeah. This isn't close. This is unspoken. Angela versus Oscar. This was a rivalry at some point. They they uh they fought over the senator. Am I right? Mm-hmm. They did. They did. <laughs> I believe so. I believe so. Uh, I think Oscar. I like Oscar. Yeah, Oscar. I think Oscar won that battle in the show too. Ended up <laughs> yeah. with the senator. <laughs> True. This, uh, this is a tough. Uh, this was a a short run for Bob Vance. I would say. I wish it was longer, but he Stanley clear. Stanley is just one of those powerhouse teams. Yeah, agree. And then you've got Andy versus Aaron. Funny matchup. Uh, Andy's a goat, though. Love Andy. Big Andy guy. Uh, we have to apologize for anyone that has not seen the show because mm-hmm. this is nothing to you. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've got Michael versus Oscar. Funny, me very actually... similar to the Diversity Day episode, and also the mm-hmm. uh, the one where he makes him kiss him. <laughs> yeah. Fucked up. Also, doubling back to Andy quick, though. Do you remember the scene of Andy and Dwight playing the banjo and the guitar for Angela or for Aaron? Uh, Aaron first shows up. I actually have not watched The Office in a very long time. Andy plays the banjo for her, but Dwight comes in with, I believe it was a guitar. I hope it was. It was an idiot. Um, Comes in with a guitar and they're singing Country Roads. Uh, was, and they start singing. They're trying to battle each other, but by the end of it, they just like are singing in harmony. And Aaron get, like gets weirded out and leaves. Uh, there was a meme my friend Hannah in college made of me and my my buddy Thomas of us playing the banjos, and then like <laughs> just like fucking around with everybody because we we me and him would just like go around and annoy the shit out of other people, and like that's what we do vibes. now. <clears throat> exactly. Sure. <laughs> when we have guests um, on, like I'm like, hey, Steve Bullpet, you wrote for ten years. Oh God, poor Steve. <laughs> poor Steve, Steve. Poor me. Yeah, yeah. You got I look mean, like a big dumb idiot. Do your research, bozo. All right. Uh, I Michael tried. Or... I just I was misled. Michael or Oscar? Uh, it's got to be Michael. Michael's a Michael is a unit. Oscar's cool, but yeah. What are, <sighs> What are your initial thoughts here, Jack? You've got Stanley matched up against Andy. I am a big fan of Andy. I love really? Stanley. If I had to lean, I would go Andy. But I like. Oh man! I know you're. See, Stanley I lean guy. Stanley. <laughs> this is. Tough. I think Stanley is the closest like non-animated character to Squidward. <laughs> he is essentially Squidward. Andy's Patrick. It's the I same don't know vibes. If he's Patrick. I I think it's the same vibes. Do you you know what's funny is I know somebody in real life that's like Patrick. Really. One of the dumbest people you'll ever meet. Okay, maybe don't name. Well, I'm not, I'm not name drop. dropping them. <laughs> Very dumb. Um, man, we'll, we'll find a way to settle this. Uh, Stanley or Andy? I won't fight you on Stanley versus Andy only because I know. Is Andy your favorite lose. character? He's up there. Absolutely. All right, well, it can win. It's fair. Well, you my thing strongly? is like I, I'm saying I'm not going to fight you on. Oh, Stanley you're just versus Andy. Slaughterhouse anyway. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. So like, pick one. I don't care. At this we'll point, do like... Andy because you you felt strongly enough to make a difference. <laughs> Thank you. And then but Michael. The final. Michael, Michael powerhouse. Michael. Yeah. yeah. Who's this guy? Who's the other guy? <laughs> I. Do we know who the, it's Jim and some guy. I don't is know. Is this guy one is. of? Oh God! Who is? Is he one of the ones that like shows up? He looks up like to he has a warehouse uniform on with a tie. Oh man, this I'm is really bad. Well, like, can you read the? Can you can you look at your screen? I can't see what his name is. Might be Nate. Oh yes, Nate. 
It is Nate. How many episodes does Nate appear in? He's in season seven, eight, and nine. Really? Yeah. He well, that's is... when the show kind of like falls. So While searching for day laborers, Nate was the only man willing to volunteer to help Dwight out. Dwight. Okay. he's Oh, I vaguely remember him. He's like, I don't he's remember. Dwight's jockey. Well, for Jim a while. Wins. Jim's like a staple Yeah, I mean, Jim show, clears. So... Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he was Dwight's personal assistant. Then you have. Uh... Okay. Oh, my God. I forget Kelly, these dudes' names. Kelly. Kelly, I forget the other dude. Yeah, I, I I mean I know her name's Mindy in real life. And then you have young Jim or, or new Jim. Yeah, I, I forget like new Jim's real name well, and the other That's ones. good. It's, we'll just say Kelly. It's for Kelly. The, it's easy that. Kelly. Now you've got uh Daryl and what is her name? Joan? Uh Joe. Isn't it Joe? Joe. It's Daryl though. Like it's... <clears throat> the the it's reason we don't remember half song. of these people's names is because like no good. shit. You got Kevin versus Robert California. I forgot about Robert California. I've been watching The Blacklist lately, so I just know him as like I know. Yeah, he's in that. He's fire. Uh, It's Kevin though. I mean, oh yeah. The the reason we struggle with names is because these characters are so like D tier, C tier. This is an interesting matchup. It's perhaps a strategic bracket building between Karen and uh, Roy. Uh Now, obviously, fuck Roy. Right, Roy's a rat. However. Mm. Roy was involved in some pretty interesting story arcs. Go on. Like, like <clears throat> punching Jim, you know, Dwight with, with the spray. Like, obviously he's like getting the bad end of these. You know, I, I look at the he one. He was a great on, like, foil. <clears throat> exactly. I look at the one of uh, when he and Pam and Jim and the girl selling bags. I don't fucking remember her name. Uh, Amy we're Adams. On the, <clears throat> Amy Adams. Yes. We're on the cruise and like. Yes. Roy and the, the girl, the cheerleader, like hitting on each other. Like, funny story, funny episode. Roy was funny in that. Uh, you can't like Roy, but like, you can like the storylines he's a part of. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, strong contribution from Roy. Other persons, I, I'm blanking Karen. on her name. Karen. <clears throat> Karen's fine. Pretty boring, in my opinion. I, like, like, I, I can I, get behind that. I can see how she's boring. I think Roy I adds the purpose. More. I don't like I don't want to advance Roy, but like he added more to the, the 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 like as as Fred Van Vliet said about the refs, the fabric of the game. Roy added more to the fabric of the game than than Karen did. Now you have Pam versus what is his name? Wade? Fuck. No. Shit. I this know is it's really it's not bad. T- it, no, it's on the tip of my tongue, too. Uh, is it Owen? Gabe. Gabe. It's Gabe. Gabe. What did I say? Fuck Wade? Me. I was I, close. I, Hot take, I might hate Gabe more than Pam. Kind of out on Gabe. I thought I Gabe was annoying. Gabe. Gabe's rat. Pam clears, not even close. Pam's like sneaky rat, though. Eh. I mean, eh. I don't know. Pam's like a Pam. rat. Pam is very much a rat. How? Pam, Pam's like screwing around on Roy. Whether uh... Roy's good or not. And then in the, in the last season, she's like interested... Loves the attention from the camera guy. Pam loves attention. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the attention. I see. Semi rat. <laughs> rat close to the rat list. She's on the sub list. Anyways, you have Creed versus guy Don't from Hot Tub Time Machine. Sh- I, I like him and uh, New Jim. Yeah, shitty, useless. Creed, clear. Creed, not wins. even close. Hey, you have Dwight. I don't know who she is. No, I remember. I remember She's she was gone. like. When they like went to merge with 
Joe's company. She was like helping him. And I don't know. Dwight the later didn't. seasons of The Office, not very good. A lot of forgettable no, went characters. Downhill. Went downhill. It's like, uh, yeah, went downhill. Anyways. You've got Jim versus Kelly. Kelly's Kelly, funny, but. Kelly, I kind of thought, thought was really annoying. Sure, I guess. Even though purpose. that was kind of the, the character. It was, it was the bit. Annoying. Yeah, uh, it's Jim, though. Not not close. Yep. Then you've got Daryl versus Kevin. Same background, oh. by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. What Which way do you lean? Uh, wow, this is a really tough one. I lean Daryl. Really? <clears throat> this is my thought process. Daryl's a more... This is like... It's so fucking weird to be like analyzing this in depth. Daryl's more like dynamic. Like Kevin's funny. He serves his purpose. But like, think of the story arc one of trick Darryl. pony. Yeah, and think of the story arc of Daryl. Like he was just a he, he he was a one trick pony at the start too, right? He was he was the guy in the warehouse. He cracked some jokes, built mm. his way up, bigger part of the show. Was a manager. Corporate chill. Corp sure <laughs> did the company with Jim though. I I think he brought more to the table. Kevin was funny, and he Kevin was, does provide one of the most iconic moments in the series when he the drops chili. The chili. It's goaded. Fuck, you make a good point. It's You're right. Very yeah, tough. yeah. You're right. I, I, this is my thing. I, I think Daryl is the better character, but Kevin is better at what he does. You got to think Kevin's a one trick pony. He's really, really good at being that one trick pony. He, he's like, <clears throat> this is like, oh, I'm trying to make it basketball. Daryl Kevin's is just like sitting uh, in the corner shooting threes. He's just shooting 50%. Yeah. Daryl's like a, uh, like a Dorian Finney Smith. And Kevin is like uh bubble Duncan Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Ooh. Roy versus uh, Pam. Oh man. I think it has to be Pam. I would lean Pam. Yeah, all right. Just because like Pam has I, a more prominent role, main character yeah, in the ser- yeah. series. Like, Semi rat. What are you gonna do? I can take Roy over Karen because Karen just kind of bored me, but like Pam's like a mm. integral part of the show. And now you have Dwight versus Creed. Dwight very an iconic character. Very unfortunate that Creed has to lose, but it's a lot of people on. big fans of Creed. I thought Creed was fine. I thought Creed was cool, but Creed Scranton Strangler is the theory. <laughs> now you or have Toby, Jim actually. versus Kevin. Toby was actually. Uh again, Kevin's cool at what he does. I almost had him lose to Daryl. Jim clears. Yeah. Jim, Jim Jim's one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Me too. Pam versus Dwight. Not close. Dwight, not Dwight. not close, not close. You, you know what's like kind of funny about this is like I feel like everyone's is about the same. The final yep. four is about the same. You have Jim Dwight on the finals of this bracket. Who was Michael going up against the other side? Andy. It was Andy, Andy or Stanley, which is fair. Yeah. Uh, Jim Dwight. Do, do you have? Do you feel strongly either way? I I I have an opinion, but I'm curious. I like Jim think. better. I like Dwight better. Really? I did. Yeah, I think. See, Dwight's- I I think. Well, I don't know. They they kind of are a team, really. They, they make are. each other. They probably bring the best out of each other's characters. Mm-hmm. Well, I got the mm-hmm. last one, so you can have Dwight if you want. Did you have the last one? I thought yeah, I had I, Oh, no, you got the last one. So Jim's going through. Fuck. Okay. Sure. And now you have Michael versus Jim. Uh, it's going to be Michael if you didn't have a, you didn't really care for Jim. Well... My thing is, well, Dwight, I would have had a character. Yeah, I would have had really. Dwight at all. Yeah, I think I would have had Dwight. Well, you should have put up thing. a better fight. I would have let him go through. Ah, <clears throat> uh, well, shit. 
I think I would still lean Jim over Michael though. And I love Michael, but like, really, I, I think so. <clears throat> and it's weird. Cause I think Michael has more funny moments, but I think Jim creates a lot of those funny moments. If that makes sense. Like he, he'll, think... he'll like antagonize. Well, you just got to think of it like this. When Michael leaves the show, it kind of goes downhill. It does. But like if Jim left the show, I don't think it would be the same either. He just didn't. It wouldn't be the same. I don't know. This is a tough one. I think my top three is probably Dwight, Jim, Michael. If I had to like go like without the bracket. It's fair. We, we I won't fight Jim. you though. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there I think go. Dwight would win. Jim wins. People it's very close. All, all three goaded characters, right? This isn't like, you know, a, a big drop off. This is like the powerhouses. Right, like the all, all three very good characters. Office is office the goat show. Is it is it up there? Is it no, one of the goats? It's up there. It's not the goat. What's the goat? There's Seinfeld. I like Seinfeld better. I think the blacklist. I mean, I'm watching it now, but like even before that, oh, like, you, I, think it's the best I don't think it's fair to compare shows to show like the genres, different genres. Okay, sure. I think the office is the goat of its genre. Then I haven't watched Seinfeld, so I guess it's not Seinfeld's fair to judge, fantastic. But... Curbs fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the office is probably mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good shows. Imagine thinking the British office is better. I haven't even watched it. I watched like the first episode. Just different yeah. humor, different culture. Well, you know, they copied the first. Yeah, they did. Episodes, right. Diversity was the first one that was like different. Just theirs. Yeah. I we, Zoe likes to listen to uh, Pam and Jenna Fisher and Angela. I can't remember her last name. Have a podcast and it's good. Yes. They like re- go through it. It's good podcast. It's fun. Uh, anyways, Sunny is up there. Mm, haven't seen it either. I, I I don't watch a ton of TV. I'll obviously watch yeah. Jack episode. doesn't watch TV. I'm watching the Blacklist right now. It's good. Well, you really don't watch movies. I don't. I don't. It's tough. I, anyways, I, I find myself without a lot of time for uh, TV. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's weird. I say the same thing about movies. I'd rather sit down. No, and I like... mean, I don't have time for any of it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I mean, watching I more do... TV than I am movies. I do it while I work, but uh. Anyways, go to the movies tonight. There you go. Movies are fun. Movies are real hungry. Maybe I'll just take some years off my life with. I have a turkey club with fries in the. Oh. For this, very happy, very excited. All right. Uh, So in that case, we're gonna wrap up now. So I can wrap it up. Uh, (laughs) thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. My one plug is always, as I realize we've left our names on the whole time when we didn't need to. Did we? I don't think we did. Maybe we put it on halfway through. Well, we just really want you to follow us. Um, yeah. Again, Twitter's below our faces. Jackson mm-hmm. want to be a sample friends. Interview, but my two plugs now, I guess it is um, subscribe to the YouTube. How about them Celtics? We're inching closer to 300. We appreciate it. And if you're on Spotify, click the three dots, leave us a five-star rating. And if you're on Apple podcasts, you can leave a rating as well. Leave us a rating wherever you are. Follow the show, like the show on podcast platforms, uh, subscribe on YouTube. And as always, I will throw it to Sam. All right. Hey, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, you're watching. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We're almost at 300. Four away the last time I checked. Go watch the last podcast because not a lot of you rats did. We don't appreciate (laughs) that, uh, but we do appreciate the continued support because before that one, we were kind of on a heater. Yeah, we were. Get us back up there. Come on. Get us back on the heater. Like the podcast, right? Uh, if you're not on YouTube, you're listening. Like Jazz said, leave us a nice review. If you're not going to leave a nice one, just make fun of us in the YouTube comments or whatever. Yes. You, yes. No need to go to the <laughs> other apps. But 
Aside from that, if you're on social media, we are too. You can follow us at How About Them Seas, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook is the name of the podcast. You can get all our pregame streams there, as well as the YouTube half hour before every game. Have a good crew in those chats. Always a good time. And with that, you can follow Jack at Jack's One NBA on Twitter. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye. Jack, Jack, go.